0: Oh, this moment, now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hold oh, this moment, now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hold oh, good- this. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Now I'm hot hoes Now hot Now hot Before I came up in the gang, they showed no love. They see me in the club and used to treat me like a scrub. They wouldn't holler up my dollars wasn't up. I bet they take they mind when them come rolling up. They see it' I'm a now they wanna sit in my car. Now they wanna cut my cheese. Hold my weed and my bar. Now they used to love to kiss me. Now they rush to hug and kiss me. Now they're telling all their friends when I leave how they miss me. Now, 2 one Three oh eight zero zero four. It might jump up on the low, cause my downs about to blow. Bow the ice was in my creel. I got my major dirty hope would give a damn if I was here. Shear, I said, Bow the ice was in my creel. I got my major dirty hope would give a damn if I was here. Shear, I said, Bow the ice was in my grill, Bow, I got my major dirty hope would give a damn if I was here. Shear, because that dear hope didn't moment, damn hot hole, all alone. That dear hope didn't moment, damn hot hole, all alone. That dear hope didn't moment, damn hot hole, all alone. That dear hope that woman now hot that woman
1: now oh shit guess who's back once again it's been a while it's your boy king known uncensored and this episode is gonna be called back then obviously we already know what this is about we gonna come out swinging on this one i'm a bit under the weather so excuse me in advance my nigga so anyway michael b jordan shout out to michael b jordan man he checked this bitch i said bitch yes i said bitch nigga what anyway all jokes aside bitch jokes Misogynistic uh, puns aside, so this is according to Yahoo Sports. I mean, I've seen this interview. Um, so Michael B. Jordan was on the red carpet for his film, new film Creed Three, which I haven't seen. I will see it in a couple of weeks. Well, when he was a kid, he had headshots like. He was um, a young kid named Michael Jordan growing up during the uh, Michael Jordan era. But Michael B. Jordan was not athletic, wasn't a basketball player, wasn't popular. He was just a regular kid. That was misjudged, apparently, by one of the people interviewing him on the red carpet when they were little. There's some chick named L'Oreal of the Morning Hustle never heard of the show never even heard of this broad haven't even listened to the fucking podcast you know so then michael b jordan is interviewed by her and you know he says the corny kid right and she denies having said that but michael b jordan says he heard her back in the day it was an awkward moment but the two eventually move on and start talking about the movie now yes The girl, L'Oreal, I heard the clip and it wasn't her. It was somebody else on the show. Don't know that chick's name. Nobody cares about that chick. Everybody cares about Michael B. Jordan because Michael B. Jordan is the motherfucking man. Right? So in an episode, so this comes from. The episode of the Undressing Room Podcast, which is co-hosted by L'Oreal or L'Oreal, whatever the fuck. In the episode from 2021, she mentions having gone to school with Michael B. Jordan. Technically, it was her co-host who said Jordan seems like a nice corny guy. The comments spurred L'Oreal into talking about her experience going to school with Michael B. Jordan. She talked about how the other kids in the school gave him a hard time because his name was Michael Jordan. And secondly, he was an aspiring actor who would apparently travel with his professional headshot. I guess nobody really thought he would become the actor he wanted to be. So he proved a lot of people wrong. But Michael B. Jordan currently isn't just the star of Creed 3, but it's his directorial debut. And... I mean, Michael B. Jordan, you got to respect this man for getting some get back on the people that, you know, it's another special case of back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. It's a very good case as to, you know, why you should teach your kids. You never know who you fucked up and teased. You can fuck around and tease the school shooter, nigga. If you always took up for the school shooter, that motherfucker might let you live, bro. You never know. You you got to be kind to people. Because you don't know no one's situation. You don't know if anybody's going to blow. You don't know. You don't know. So only disrespect those who disrespect you be kind and we rewind because you never know who you're going to need in life, my nigga. And this is a special case of Michael B. Jordan collecting W's while these basic ass chicks who host these podcasts probably bashing men are still struggling to, uh, Crack, while guys like Michael B. Jordan, you know, blow up and make millions of dollars. So, shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Damian Lillard. Let me tell you something about Damian Lillard. I mean, y'all know he's my favorite player in basketball. And just the fact that this dude has been averaging 40 points per game in February is remarkable and it's reminding me of kobe damian has a lot of qualities like kobe bryant he's not the defensive player that kobe bryant is but as far as like finding the ability to score and breaking his opponent down off the dribble and the confidence that he plays with you know kobe has the mama mentality damian lillard has dame time This reminded me so much of when Kobe caught the case and he was just killing everybody. And the time when the Lakers were like horrible and he willed them to the playoffs. But unfortunately, you know, Kobe got injured during that run, you know what I'm saying? He got injured. So I hope Damian doesn't suffer the same fate. Because he's having a magical season. And then, a couple of nights ago, he scored 71 points. This is the second player this season to score 71 points. Jesus. I told y'all what I thought about this. And I'm not trying to disrespect Damian Lillard or Donovan Mitchell, but this era... Lacks defensive players there i told you i couldn't name but 16 defensive players and and a lot of those guys that play defense they don't play defense elite like jason tatum isn't shutting down a player that can score like him he's not now drew holiday might shut down somebody Drew Polliday definitely got some defense. Jaron Jackson is a good shot blocker, but he's not stopping a player the whole game, though. He's just blocking shots. But back to Dame, though. This is amazing. I gotta give him his props and after he scored 71 points just like donovan mitchell he got drug tested ladies and gentlemen drug tested that's crazy like this dude just can't get by by mere talent and then also you have to take into account lillard was playing the worst defense in the league in the houston rockets they're one of the worst defenses in the league hands down there's nobody on that team That can spell defense. So I'm not surprised that Lillard scored 71 points against them. And his rampage is only going to continue. I feel like Damian Lillard is on his uh, 2012 Kobe shit, trying to will his team that is under 500 to the playoffs. And at least to the play-in. had, Sunday night had some wild shit going on. Like, it was two crazy games that stood out to me. The Los Angeles Lakers came back from down 27 points. Wait, first of all, let's go down the list here. And I'll just give you little summaries, right? Let's start here with Phoenix and Milwaukee. Phoenix and Milwaukee had a shootout without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Milwaukee held their own and beat Phoenix at home. And Drew Holiday put the clamps on Devin Booker, especially during crunch time. Then... You got Trey Young hitting the game-winning shot against Brooklyn. And that was a very close game.
0: It's true mental. Then
1: you got the Los Angeles Lakers coming back from down 27 points against the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas ought to be ashamed of themselves. They lost to the 12th seeded Lakers. A certified lottery team. Lotto. My motto, fuck Lotto. I get the seven digits from your mother for a dollar tomorrow, right? I mean, AD, LeBron, and those boys, man, they played like their lives depended on it. And Kyrie and Luca did the classic falling asleep at the wheel. These players, these, these, these players don't play defense. You can't fall asleep. You got to keep your foot on their necks. And Jason Kidd had a message for Luka Doncic and everybody on the team, like, we have to mature. Which Luka agreed with. Because Kyrie and Luka have not been doing so well as a duo so far. I think they're, what, uh, one in three since they've been together? Yeah, they definitely have to get it together or else they will be upset in the first round of the playoffs. They can't play with teams, even teams as shitty as the Los Angeles Lakers. Then you had the classic overtime game with, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Denver Nuggets as the Los Angeles Clippers fell asleep with the Nuggets because, I mean, at first, well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Denver fell asleep, but they got it together in overtime because the Clippers came back from down as many as 20-plus points. They were getting their ass kicked, and Denver officially swept the Los Angeles Clippers this season. So they beat them four games to nothing. That's embarrassing. That's crazy because I don't think the Clippers have beaten the Denver Nuggets in a very long time. That's a playoff matchup that I would definitely avoid if I'm Los Angeles. And my thoughts on that is I feel like uh, Tyron Lou dropped the ball by not playing Russell Westbrook in the fourth quarter and in overtime. You kind of need a guy that brings energy and a guy that can set up the offense because the Clippers in overtime resorted to ISO. Instead of having a guy that can set the table like Russell Westbrook run the offense. Yeah, I totally think that T. Lou was fucking up in that game, but Sunday was wild as fuck. Um, Will Barton, I'm confused about this one. So you leave, you uh get bought out by um I think that he was on the Washington Wizards. And you sign with the Toronto Raptors, who is like a couple of games out of that final play-in spot. I'm I'm really confused about that because Toronto has been inconsistent all year. And there were plenty of contenders um, knocking at your door. And you decided to go to one of the wackest teams in Toronto. I'm confused about that one. I don't see how this benefits Will Barton. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I don't think that was a good move. Now, maybe Barton could change my mind later on if he can help lead the Raptors to the play-in the play in and win out the play-in. But, yeah, I don't understand. Uh, Will Barton is a 3 and D guy. He's a solid player. And I wouldn't have signed with the uh, Toronto Raptors, y'all. Back to the Clippers, though. Sacramento and the Los Angeles Clippers almost broke the the, uh, NBA record for points scored in a game as the Sacramento Kings... Edged the Clippers in overtime, 176 to 175, and I want a bet off of this game, too. Yeah, your boy won a bet because everybody scored a shit ton of points in that game. That was interesting to see. I mean, me, I cut it off before overtime because I just wanted to make sure that uh, I won my bet. But it was a very exciting back and forth. From what I saw, you know, because I rewatched the game the next day. No defense whatsoever. Again, man, I'm becoming a prophet. A lot of y'all just think that I'm hating on the new generation. I always said that um, the 70s was the worst era of basketball because they had the ABA that was a um, competitive league, a more competitive and more fun league to watch. And it got so bad that the ABA had to merge with the NBA. That's why I say 70s is weak, but this is by far the second weakest era of basketball. Yes, I'm putting it over the 50s and 60s. I'm going that far here because there's no defense. There's no defensive resistance. There isn't 50 to 100 guys like in the 90s and the 2000s that strictly play defense. But, you know, I also give the young generation this. I feel like the only reason why that those defensive players wouldn't do as well in this era is because you can't touch nobody. You can't hand-check nobody. You can't give a hard foul without getting ejected. It's just softened up and dumbed down. And the commissioner, Adam Silver, is the worst commissioner in sports history. He's just ruining the game, man. Something's got to change like who can vote the commissioner out of the league because i do not like him he's soft he's you know i want to say something but yeah man just the worst he's just a piece of shit man for lack of a better term he's too nice he's too soft there's no rules it's just niggas can just do whatever the fuck they want to do and not get any repercussions for it but Despite my feelings about Commissioner Silver, I feel like the Kings and Clippers game was very entertaining. And that is all. All right, LaMelo Ball is out for the season. Um, He suffered a non-contact injury yesterday against the Pistons. I was just wondering. I was watching the game, and I was cycling through games and stuff. And I noticed that LaMelo Ball didn't make my bet. And I was just like, what the fuck is LaMelo doing? And then I realized he got hurt. He fractured his ankle and he is going to be out for the season. He had already suffered an ankle injury to begin the season that made him miss the first 10-11 games. But this is the second non-contact injury that LaMelo Ball has suffered. And his brother Lonzo Ball is already out for the season. So this has not been a good season for the Ball Brothers. And I feel bad for Lonzo and LaMelo. LaMelo was having an all-star caliber season, but he just wasn't in enough games to make the all-star team. But he was putting up very good numbers,
0: man. Yeah,
1: but get well soon to Lonzo and LaMelo. I hope we can see them play again, you know, hopefully at an elite level. Hopefully they can get some help for the Charlotte Hornets because he's literally out there by himself with Terry. Terry shows up sometimes, but it's not every game, you know. And speaking of injuries, the injuries just keep piling up. LeBron James is set to be out at least two to three weeks with an ankle slash foot injury. Again, King Known the Prophet is what they should be calling me because LeBron has been playing hurt for two years. You want to know why I've noticed that he's been playing hurt? The last two years, he's tweaked that same foot. It's them whack-ass shoes, man. It's the whack-ass LeBron shoes. And this dude... Shoe design is horrible, man, for the ankle. I've noticed that a lot of people have fucked their ankle slash foots up, especially him. But that dude refuses to go get surgery for that foot slash ankle. You know, because his foot's been fucked up since Solomon Hill fucked his ankle up a couple of years ago when he unintentionally dove into LeBron's ankle a while back. So he's been hurt since then. He's never got anything done with it. He's just waited until he was cleared by doctors to play. But I feel like it's a deeper issue going on with that foot. But now, you know, LeBron, you know what LeBron James reminds me of? He reminds me when your car gets fucked up. And you know your car is fucked up. And it's making this sound like. You turn the radio up to try to ignore the sound. You continue driving that motherfucker everywhere, driving on road trips until that motherfucker falls apart. Then you get to the car shop and it's like $3,000. That's what LeBron James the last two seasons reminds me of. Now, it's it's a... Devastating blow to the Lakers. And because of this LeBron James injury, that's another roadblock. Either one or two things are going to happen. Number one, Anthony Davis takes over and takes control of the team and becomes the leader that he should be. Or Anthony Davis is going to carry the team for three games, get hurt, and then he's going to miss time. And by the time that LeBron James comes back from the injury, it'll be too late. I'm going with uh, number two. (laughs) Because history has shown us this. It's just the facts. It's unfortunate. I don't want players to be injured. I want players to be at 100%. So that there is no excuses when motherfuckers fail. Or come up short. But obviously, yo this is fucked up in my opinion because LeBron's arrogance to not fix this problem and you know he wants to be Superman he wants to be Iron Man and Superman at at the same time when he's just really Donald Trump disguised as a basketball player Little, little Joker little Joker too you know, but definitely Donald Trump in a basketball uniform. Like this dude just swears like he's un—you know—he's untouchable. But when in all reality, my man, you're 38 years old, bro, bro. You are not going to heal the same like you would heal when you were 24 or 25 years old. It's just not going to happen that way. I see him missing a whole month. Or more. I mean, in all reality, I feel like he should get that checked out. That foot problem checked out and have some surgery. And then come back next year stronger and better. That's just my thoughts on LeBron constantly being injured. Um, The Phoenix Suns are interested in Derrick Rose. Oh, man. That would be a hell of a pickup. I mean, that boy, Derrick Rose, don't ever come out of the New York uniform. And then when D. Rose finally fucking plays, the crowd's like, D. Rose, D. Rose. He's becoming like Darko was on the Pistons. You know, the human victory cigar. And Derrick Rose does not deserve that type of treatment. He just doesn't. But my thing is, um, you know, I'm looking at the Memphis and Lakers game right now. LeBron's in a walking boot. Mm. But anyway, the Phoenix Suns are interested in Derrick Rose. And it's just very unfortunate that the treatment that he is um, receiving in New York, despite Tom Thibodeau knowing Derrick Rose, like his whole damn near his whole career, he's been his coach, but he won't give him any minutes. Despite the Knicks having a very successful season, and he's probably definitely going to keep his job, even though I don't think that Tom Thibodeau should be a coach in his, a head coach in this league. But that's just my opinion. And the Phoenix Suns would definitely be able to use Derrick Rose due to the fact that I mean, Cam Payne's been hurt most of the year. Chris Paul, you know what I'm saying? He's older, so he's not going to be like the same player that he once was in his prime. So they need somebody to relieve Chris Paul and Derrick Rose is the perfect person to help. Last but totally not least, Missy Misdemeanor Elliott will be the first female rapper to be nominated in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Much deserved. Missy Elliott has been writing songs since, like, what, the early 90s? You know, she's appeared on songs with Jodeci, wrote for Gina Thompson and Raven-Symoné and, and motherfucking Aaliyah and Total. You know what I'm saying? Missy Elliott came into the game alongside super producer Timbaland. And the group, the swing mob that was... um. Adopted by Devontae Swing, which included Timberland and Magoo, Missy Elliott, Tweet. Um, You know, Missy was in a group called Sister with, I think it was three other girls. And Tweet was in a different group. I forgot the name of her group. Um, Then you had um, Genuine. You had Static Major. You had Player, the group Player with Smoke and Black and Static they had a little they had a deep ass crew Stevie J was an original member of swing mob but you know he left the group because him and you know Devante and his goons got into it you know what I'm saying and it was crazy and it's crazy that all of them turned out to be stars Devontae knew what he was doing but he just didn't know how to properly treat his acts But Missy Elliott, once she got her turn, you know, it started with One in a Million. Once One in a Million by Aaliyah came out, once her and Timberland was set to do that album, it was on. Then the next year, she followed up with her debut album, Super Duper Fly. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. I think her first four albums, I think... Our classic albums, because you know, Super Duper Fly was different. It showed Missy's range as not only a, an elite rapper, but a high-level singer and a high-level songwriter who would produce catchy anthems like, you know, The Rain, which is just a classic. Hit him with the he, uh, fucking socket to me. Beat me nine one one like Super Duper Fly had a lot of hit records on there, certified classic. Then you know into the late ninety nine, she came out with uh, the Real World, which was a, another classic. It had She's a Bitch, All in the Grill. She had um, man that Hot Boys remix. Oh my God, get your mama's house shot up i ain't getting locked up yo Nas, q-tip and eve man and missy just man and lil mo too lil mo was killing on there too you know what i'm saying with the background vocals and such like hot boys remix man then you know it had it was another joint on her best friend with beyonce you know that was a huge record then, you know, she came out with another classic, Missy So Addictive, which, contain, which which contains her signature song, Get Your Freak On. You would think The Rain is her signature song, but it's actually Get Your Freak On. Then she followed up with One Minute Man, and she, you know what I'm saying? Woo, yeah, that." and then Lick Shots is definitely my favorite song on that album. You Don't Want to Speak My Name, Fuck Around and Get Your Ass Blown Away. Blah! yeah and then she had takeaway with with genuine you know this was released around the time of Aliyah's passing you know that was a tragic moment in history very tragic but it but missy pushed on and thugged it out then she came out with under construction listen man i ain't gonna lie to y'all i think under construction is probably her best album to me to me to me that's four straight classics right there i i think i was right that motherfucker had um is it worth it let me work it and then gossip folks with ludicrous classic ludicrous verse i think pussycat was on under construction as well pussy don't fail me now yeah man big record pussycat was a big record I mean, it had more joints on there, too. It had way more joints on that motherfucker, too. It had some hot ones. Like, Funky Fresh Dress with Miss Jade was out of there. Wake that uh, did Not Wake Up, but uh, Back in the Day with Jigga. Like, Under Construction was the shit. I think that was easily her best work. Hands down. Then you had This Is Not A Test. Not as good as her other albums. But I still think that that, I mean, that one had passed that Dutch on there. I think that was the only hit record that was on that album. But This Is Not A Test Still was pretty solid. I liked a handful of songs on that album for sure. And then, you know, her final album, which was called The Cookbook, that had another big record uh, with Sierra called Lose Control. So missy elliott has been around the block here she's a legend she's well respected she carved out a great career definitely well deserving i think it's the songwriter that got her above people like lil kim people like lauren hill i think it was just the constant songwriting for so many people and the impact that she had that got her in over every other female rapper i feel like she if if there was a hall of fame she deserved to go there first oh yeah i forgot about on and on was on the cookbook that was fire
0: on and on
1: we run this was on there it was three hits on on the cookbook that was some big hits right there missy missy need to do a versus man missy Woo! i try to figure out who who would she go against. Because she would have to go against somebody that's also like a songwriter that got the same type of legacy as her. But yeah, congratulations to Missy Misdemeanor Elliot, yo. You deserve it. Alright, that's my show. This is King Known Uncensored back then, and I'm out. Mm All
0: right.